You're listening to Gyra City Orlando's podcast, where we believe that you were designed, purposed, and positioned to change the culture. We hope this week's episode encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Gyra City Online. My name is Gabe. I have the honor and privilege of serving as the youth pastor here at Gyra City. Um, Whether it's your first time or your first time in a long time, I want you to know personally that you are allowed to belong here before you believe. Here at Gyra City, you have a family that loves you and cares about you. The moment you walk through the door, or in this case, the moment you click on that link, you are welcome and loved by your family here at Gyra City. And I'm so honored and glad that you would choose to spend this this time with us. Um, Whether you're watching this live, whether you're listening through the podcast, or you're watching it on playback, I want you to know that you are welcome, you are loved, and I'm so thankful that you would choose to spend some time with us here today. Um, We are starting a brand new series today that is called Vibe Check. Come on, say that with me. Say say wherever you're at. Say Vibe Check, man. Um, And this series is a series that we're doing on mental health. We had planned this series back in last November, and to be honest, there is no way we could have foreseen or known the situation we would be facing, that this world would be facing um, in the month of May. We chose May because it was Mental Health Awareness Month, and we had been wanting to talk about mental health for a long time in this youth ministry. Um, But there is a way that God knew about it. God saw it, and God planned for this word to be spoken to you today and these next few weeks when we're going to be discussing mental health and biblical ways to approach it and what God has to say about it and what God wants you to know in the midst of it. Now, I want to give a little disclaimer to this series. I'm not offering five steps to happiness. I'm not offering five steps to peace. I'm not offering five steps to never, ever, ever dealing with depression or anxiety or insecurity or whatever other mental health we face again what I am offering is, is my take on it, my advice, my perspective, and God's wisdom that we have. I, I want you to know that I may not have all the answers, but I'm willing to walk with you. This community, Gyra City, we're willing to walk with you through the midst of whatever you're facing, whether it's depression, anxiety, or the whole plethora of mental health issues that we face today. Um, I want to give you a quick definition of what a vibe check is, since we're naming the series Vibe Check. Um, This definition is the more peaceful one. There was a much more aggressive one where it involved hitting somebody. That is not what we're going for today. We're not trying to hit people. So Um, this definition comes from Urban Dictionary, because Vibe Check is a bit of a slang word, you know, a street word. Um, So a vibe check is this, a spontaneous and usually random time where someone checks your vibe. A vibe check should usually be a pleasant experience where the person being checked is vibing. So to to simplify it, what a vibe check is, is basically it's checking up on you. It's like, hey, how are you? No, like, how are you really? Like, tell me, how is your soul? And the reason I wanted to talk about that was because there's a passage of scripture in uh, 3 John uh, chapter 1 verse 2. It says this, I pray that all may go well with you. And that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. And if we're going to get into that that scripture a little bit to break it down, is like your soul health determines the rest of your health. How you're doing on the inside 
determines how you're doing on the outside. I don't know how, how many of you have ever just immediately become stressed and now you can't do much. You have no uh, ability to be as focused. In fact, studies show that when you're stressed, your productivity level, your ability to do anything more focused or, or at a high level instantly drops drastically. Your soul health affects how you live out your day-to-day life and that's why we're spending this month talking about it because we believe a healthy soul leads to a healthy life come on if you believe that type amen man um so as i thought about where to start in this series there were a few people I actually thought about the first one was moses and moses dealt with a lot of insecurities it, it's, a, it's a thing when, when when god had originally called him he's like god no not me anybody but me please i don't believe you can use me I, I don't think i'm the right guy for the job and a lot of us look like that um there's elijah man this guy he dealt with depression at one moment where he, one moment he admit he won an amazing a huge battle against the enemy and in the very next moment his life was threatened and he said god kill me i don't want to live he was suicidal. He became depressed, very deeply depressed. There's Elijah. But, man, if there was anyone I wanted to mention and start off this series talking about, man, it was King David. King David looks like a lot of us, a human being, someone with emotions, someone who, who had highs and lows in life. And lucky for us, he, uh, he, he wrote down his highs and lows, and we now know this book as the Psalms. The Psalms are an account of, some of the Psalms are an account of David's greatest moments and his lowest moments, his, his greatest victories and his most bitter defeats. David wrote it down, and I believe that God wants to speak to us through this servant, through this king, man. I want to read to you a piece of scripture from Psalm chapter 42, starting in verse 1, uh, and it reads like this. It says, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God, he's a little poetic, you know. I don't, I don't know if you've ever, like, dealt with a child when they're sad, but they get really dramatic, you know. They get like, oh, my gosh, what is going It's so hot. I can't. Uh. David's poetic like that, you know. Um, he says, I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night, I have only tears for my food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where is this God of yours? And verse 4 is where I want to spend most of tonight at. Uh, Verse 4 says, My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? You know what? I will put my hope in God, I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Man, what did, could, you, could you feel the emotion? I did my best to try and portray the emotion I felt David poured into this. But, hey, I, I want to speak to you guys today from the subject of the depression deception. Come on, say that, say that wherever you're at. Comment it in the chat. Uh, the depression deception. Why don't you pray with me? Father God, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for these moments we get together. Lord, it is no, it, it is, I, I do not take these moments lightly, God, where I get to speak your word to these people, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and, and, and don't let it just be me speaking, my God, but let it be you speaking to specific situations, to specific people who are listening to this, whether right now or 
a year from now, a month from now, a few weeks from now, God, wherever somebody comes across this message, Jesus, let them know, speak to them right now that you are speaking to them now on purpose for a purpose. Jesus, Lord, I thank you and I love you. In your beautiful name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I think a lot of us can agree that the year of 2020, if we were to sum it up in one word, it would be I would sum it up, you know, I'm hoping you guys agree, and I was hoping to pause, let you, you know, type it out in the comments or whatever, but I, can, I think we can all sum it up in this one word, and it's, very, it's a very, you know, scholarly word. I'm not trying to, like, confuse you or anything. We can sum it up as, you know, trash. The beginning of 2020 and 2020 up to this, up to this point in time has kind of been trash, you know? Like, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it kind of, it started off as a great year. It really did. You know, we started off with our vision series here at Jaira City where, and where we were partnering with, you know, our church as a whole to, to come, come behind and, and, and push forward this vision of building the city, building the city of Orlando, building the city uh, of the people, you know, uh, our church and, and just building ourselves, man. We, we rallied behind this vision and we were ready. We were ready to just take the world, you know, and we were going through that series and then we had culture night. You know, and it was great. We had 40 students, praise God, which is almost double what we normally see on a Wednesday night. Um, and the year started off pretty good. But if we were to kind of keep going on and on about how the year went, man, I think a lot of us can agree that things were aggressively ripped from us. For seniors, man, whether in high school or in college, man, your graduation was ripped away from you. That moment that you had been working towards and working for your whole uh, academic career through high school, through middle school, and in college, all those years in college that you had been working for that moment where you would be recognized for the work you put in, where you would be said, hey, you earned this, here you go, to only have it ripped away from you. You know, some of you are stuck in, in quarantine, you're stuck in isolation. The, the friends that you had, maybe the crush that you had, the people that you went to that, that was your family at school, man, they were aggressively ripped away from you. Community was aggressively ripped away from you, and now you are stuck in the one place you sought to be free from every single day, your home. Some of you had the only peace ripped away from you. And, and, and I don't know about you, man, but for me, that, that's been the case pretty much all year for me, too. I, I have to be honest with you, man. I've been struggling with depression for the past month, maybe. Let's be honest. I'm an extrovert, so naturally when you throw somebody, an extrovert, into isolation and don't put them around people, it, it gets kind of bad. But statistics actually say that when people are put into isolation, the, 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 the percentages of depression actually increase. So I want you to know, you're not weak. You are not weak for struggling with this. You're human. It happens to all of us, whether we admit it or not. And I want you to know that you're still going today. So you are strong despite what your mind tells you. You are capable despite what your mind tells you. You can keep going despite what your mind tells you. 
So I, I've been dealing with this, man. And for me, it kind of the, the year kind of started taking a, a, a bitter turn around the moment that Kobe died. I, I think the world, I think a lot of people can agree that when that happened, that was a shock to everybody. And, and it was just like a sucker punch to the stomach. And, and it hurt. It, it actually hurt. Like, I didn't know Kobe personally, but he was a role model to me. And, and man, like, that actually really hurt. Um, then we keep going. We start off the month of February with our series, and it was amazing. And then kind of around the end of the month, of February, you know, I, I go through a breakup and it, I mean, it, it's, it's fine. It, it was cool, but it was, it was hard. You know, I'm not going to, it was hard, man. Um, and the only reason I share that is because, you know, maybe some of you are going through that same exact situation and I want you to know you're not alone. The human experience is exactly that. It's human. It's for everybody. It's not, you know, just for a certain group of people, you know. Um, then in the month of March, we have to go into social distancing, quarantining. And then this community that I have that I love so much, our church, MCJ in Gyro City, it's ripped away from me. We can't meet because there's a risk that we could infect each other. There's a risk that somebody could be hurt, somebody we care about could be hurt, even if it's not us. And then Easter's ripped away from us. And then this month, you know, meeting in person is still not clear when that's going to be able to be a thing again. And, and Culture Night, this thing that we've been planning for at the end of the month of May, we, we can't do it in person still. And, man, it just seemed like life had continually kept being things. That, the things I was looking for, I had joy in, the things I was finding joy in, the things I was putting my hope towards were seemingly continually ripped away from me. It felt like I couldn't catch a break. And if we're being honest, a lot of us feel that way. And if we're being honest, a lot of us are, are thinking, man, I don't even want to have hope for the future. Can I be honest? Like, is it cool? Is it cool if I'm honest with you really quick? Man, this last week, it was, it was emotionally painful for me to even dream again. Just to be honest. It was emotionally painful. Like, I, would, I, I could cry thinking about how much it hurt just to have hope for the future again. Just to, just to dream and believe that there were brighter days ahead of me. I didn't want to because it hurt, because I had been let down, because what I was hoping for and what I had dreamed of had been ripped away from me and life had said a big, fat, nope, sorry, that's not happening. So I didn't want to dream about the future, man. You can ask a friend of mine. He texted me saying, Gabe, I believe in you. Your, your future's big and bright. And I'm like, bro, I just, I don't want to hear it. I don't believe my future is big and bright. I don't believe there's more for me on the other side. I don't believe. I don't want to believe. And man, a, a, a lot of us are there right now. Hope? You're thinking, hope? Why would I hope again? What, what is there to hope? We don't know when this is going to end. We don't know when the vaccine's coming out. We don't know when we can meet in person again. You know? Hope? You want to talk to me about hope? Nah. I don't want to hear it. And friends, this, that right there, that is the depression deception. The depression deception is this. It is that what is next cannot be good because of what I feel now. What is I have no hope for what is next because of what I am experiencing now. I don't want to think about next. I'm too caught up in now. Don't talk to me about what's next. I'm scared of what's next because I'm scared right now. I don't want to hear about hope. Hope, I've been hurt by hope. Hope has wounded me. And you know what? The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart 
sick. And what is, what's that basically saying is that hope and hope that doesn't come true, hope and things that don't come to pass, it makes your soul sick. It hurts. So I want you to know, you're, it's normal to feel that way. But you can't stay there. I, I want you to like, I had to come to a point personally where I was like, man, I can't stay here because it's affecting my life with other people. I wasn't, I didn't have any motivation to do anything. I didn't have any motivation to even write this message. I didn't have motivation to, you know, do Jira City online for you guys. I just didn't want to do anything. I wanted to quit because in my mind, what was next was not worth anything I did now because in my mind, I had no hope for what was next because I am too busy being hurt right now. The deception of depression is our perception. The way depression tries to lie to you, the way depression tries to stop you from moving forward is it does this. It says, just look at me. Just look at this moment. Just look, look down. Look at yourself. Look at where you're at. Look at how you're feeling emotionally. Look at how you're doing mentally. Look at everything that's been taken away. Look at all the hope that didn't pan out. Why would you even consider looking up? Why would you consider looking to the future? Why would you consider it, man? You've done it before, and look where we're at now. Hope has left us hurt. Hope has left us bleeding. Hope has left us wounded. Why would you look up? Just keep your head down. But I'm here, you, I'm here to tell you today, friends, don't keep your head down. The lie of depression, the lie of the enemy is to get you to not believe that there is more on the other side of what we're facing now. The lie of depression is that it wants you to believe that looking up and looking to the future, looking to what's next will hurt you. Friends, look up. Don't stay looking down in your situation. Change your perception. Change what you see. Look up. Believe again. Believe again. Man, if we constantly look at the moments we're in, if we constantly look at the situation we're facing right now, then it will be impossible to believe that what's next can outweigh what's now. And I know, I, trust me, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, man, kid, Gabe, that's a lot easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. I believe it. In fact, I believe you can't do it. I believe you can't do it alone. See, some of you were like, oh, he said I can't do it? What? I thought I could do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Who is this guy talking to me like that? Okay, yeah, I'm saying you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. And some of you super holy people are like, yeah, you need to do it with God. Yeah, you're right. We need to do it with God, you know. But here's what I want to tell you. You can change how your outlook, Okay. And you can change how you see things. You can look to the future. But here's what I want to tell you. Um, you can't do it alone. You, you need a community of people. Um, because here's the thing. We can fall into depression when we're by ourselves. In fact, when we're by ourselves, man, our mind is the enemy's playground when it's just us. It really is. It's like I mentioned earlier, statistically, when you go into isolation, when you have nobody around you, nobody to be with you, nobody to speak life over you, Depression rates skyrocket. They go through the roof because, one, you weren't meant to do life alone. And, two, when we're alone, our mind becomes the playground of the enemy of our soul.
So here, here's my only point today. If you want to change your perception, you need people to pick you up. You need people to pick you up. You can do it, but you can't do it alone. What I mean by that, <clears throat> what I want to do is I, is I want to walk you through um, two specific people in the Bible. Kind of a similar situation they both had. Um, and right after this situation, they both fall into a very, very deep depression. Okay? And, and these two people, you might know them. Um, the first one is Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus. And the second one is Peter, the one that also betrayed Jesus. Now you might be thinking, Peter? Peter didn't betray Jesus. Peter just, he, he denied Jesus three times and he walked away from him. Well, here's the thing. I know a lot of you, you've had people kind of talk bad about you. You've had people kind of, you know, act fake towards you. And you would consider that a betrayal, right? So that's why I'm saying both Judas and Peter betrayed Jesus. One sold him out, but the other acted like he didn't even know him. The other act denied him, okay? Um, now, after they both betrayed Jesus, they both fell into a very deep depression. Like, like just, like if you betray God, like God in the flesh, in front of you, uh, yeah, I, 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 and you know, you kind of betray him and he goes to his death, yeah, I, I'd like to believe, you know, you'd be really, really sad and broken about that, you know what I mean? He was the hope of the world, you know, he, he would come to save everybody, you kind of invested three years of your life in him, you left your family business and everything for this guy and then you betray him, I think it's a bit of a natural response, I would like to say. Um, so they both betrayed Jesus, but here's the thing, after they both betrayed Jesus, after they both fell into this depression, they kind of, they, they, they split up. They have two different reactions to it. And, and I want to talk about those reactions because I really believe in their reactions, in the way they navigated their depression, in the way they navigated their circumstance, I believe is the answer and the key to helping us defeat the depression deception, to helping us change our perception, to helping us look up and to see that what is next far outweighs anything we face right now. Amen? So Peter denied Jesus. And then it says he denied him three times, cussed out a little girl. This guy's a savage. Um, and then it says he wept bitterly. Like snot, like it's like gross, you know, like disgusting. Ugh. He wept bitterly. And the next, the next time we hear of Peter is actually uh, um, when uh, it, it, the word of God, when the Bible says that we find him fishing with the disciples. He's fishing with the disciples. So he goes back to his old family business, and we find him with the disciples. And I'm emphasizing that because what we find is Peter went to community. And not just any community. Peter went to the community of people that followed Jesus. Okay? And the Bible doesn't tell us much about, you know, what happened there or what they talked about. But I, this is kind of how I envisioned it going into my mind. Peter betrays Jesus. Falls into it like just a, a bad depression, bad. He's, come, he's by himself, he's crying, he doesn't know what to do. But then he finds the disciples again. He finds the disciples again. And, and they're like, Peter, did it happen? Because Jesus predicted Peter's betrayal, just like he predicted Judas's betrayal. That blows my mind. That's another sermon for another day anyways. Um, but, but they're like, did it happen? And Peter's like, yeah, I, I betrayed him, and then I denied him three times, and... And then the rooster crowed just like he said it would, and it kind of all came back to me, and I, I didn't know what to do. I just I ran away. And in this moment of confession for Peter, he finds comfort. 
Because if he didn't find comfort, why would he stay with them, right? If they were just like, oh, we hate you. What is wrong with you? I can imagine that Peter wouldn't have stayed with them. So what I, what I imagine happening is that Peter finds comfort in them because all of them really betrayed Jesus. It's crazy, right? All of them ran away from Jesus when he needed them. All of them abandoned Jesus and let him go to a sentencing and let him be sentenced to death. All of them did that. All the disciples. All of them. So they comfort him, knowing that they're no better than him. That blows my mind, that this community of people that followed Jesus, they comforted Peter, and they're like, we can't, we can't reject. We're not better than him, man. We're not better than him. So they comfort him, and they're there for him. And it's crazy because then we, we see Peter fishing with the disciples, and Jesus is alive again, and he comes back. And they're like, hey, Peter, that looks like, that looks like Jesus. And Peter immediately checked this out. He's in community. The community accepted him. The community loved him. And they walked with him. And they did life with him because they're fishing with him. And, and, and they're saying, Peter, look to Jesus. They're pointing him to Jesus. And Peter, having gained, I'm, I'm assuming, having gained some confidence, some wanting to be reconciled with Jesus, he, he immediately jumps out of the boat and swims to Jesus. Like he's deep enough in the water to fish for fish. So the dude swam, you know. He swam and he ran towards Jesus. And when he comes to Jesus, he, he receives forgiveness. And not only that, Jesus speaks life over him. He speaks purpose over him. Peter went into community. The community comforted him and the community then pointed him to Jesus. And because that happened, Peter knew that there was more for him in the future. There, the next was greater than the now. They helped him remember and because they helped him remember and they pointed him to Jesus, Peter would later become uh, one of the founding members of the New Testament church, of the church that would, would go on to be recorded in Acts and in the rest of the Bible. Because Peter's reaction to the deception of depression was to go into a community of people that followed Jesus, they pointed him back to Jesus and he found hope again. He found acceptance again. He found love again. And because he found these things, Peter lived out his purpose. Peter found hope in his future that far outweighed any brokenness that he faced right now. Now Judas, Judas is different. See, Judas went to a group of people that, he went to the group of people that helped him betray Jesus. He went to the group of people that didn't follow God. He went to a group of people that didn't really care about him, and they rejected him. Man, that's, that's crazy. The group of people that paid him, that, that wanted to use him, that, want, that, 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 that he benefited, they're like, now nah, get away from us. We, we want nothing to do with you. And after Judas was rejected, Judas ran into isolation. He didn't go to his community of uh, uh, the, 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 the disciples. He didn't go to the community of people that followed Jesus. He, he went into isolation, and we later, we later read that Judas committed suicide. Because Judas encountered the wrong community, and after he encountered the wrong community, ran into isolation and stayed in isolation in the midst of his depression, he could not lift his head to see anything that might have been next and was consumed by now and was deceived into believing there is no hope for me, there is no future for me. There is nothing left for me. All that is left is death. So I will, I will accept that. And I will go, I will face death. Judas sentenced, sentenced himself to death. And you know what's crazy? You know what the crazy part about all of that is, man? 
is that Jesus would have forgiven Judas. I know, you've never heard that ever in church. Jesus would have forgiven Judas. He would have. Why, you ask? Because that's who Jesus is. That's who our God is. He's a, he, he, he loves people. He forgives people. He has grace for people. Even the ones that betray him. Because friends, in case you haven't noticed, all have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have turned our back on God. But notice, God never turns his back on you. God reaches out to you. This is why I know Jesus would have forgiven Judas. This is why I know that. This is why I believe that. Because Jesus is forgiveness. Jesus is love. Jesus is hope. But Judas, caught up in the moment that he was in, caught up in his depression, caught up in believing there was nothing left for him, said, I will end my life. So his story led to his death. Judas's isolation led to his death. Let that sink in. And it didn't have to end in death. It could have led to forgiveness in life. And you know what's crazy is I believe a lot of us kind of end up dealing with Judas's situation more than Peter's. Um, some of us have encountered Peter's and, and we find community of believers. We find a community of people that follow Jesus and then they point us to Jesus and then we find hope again and find hope for our future. But what happens to a lot of us is we go to a community of people that we believe will be there for us, whether that's people, that, whether that's our friend group that kind of doesn't help us find the solution that we need for our soul. They give us maybe things that don't help us or even worse that I couldn't imagine that they, they would, eat, that they would reject you. Um, or, or we encounter a church, right? We encounter a church and we believe that, hey, this is church. They're supposed to love people. They're, they follow Jesus. They're supposed to care about people, right? But all we encountered was rejection. And all we encountered was people that wanted to use us, people that wanted to change us because that's what Jesus does. Yeah, Jesus changes people. People don't change people. And we're hurt. And we leave. And what happens is you chose death. Now, a lot of our stories aren't lead, uh, don't ha- like. Let me, let, me, let me rephrase. Um, our stories haven't ended in suicide. And if you're thinking about that, I want you to know, like we, I, I'm, I put a number in the description for a suicide hotline. Please call. Please reach out. It doesn't have to go there. It doesn't have to end that way. Suicide is never the option. I don't have all the answers, and no one ever will, but I do know that there is more for you in the future, that it doesn't have to end in death. Okay? Suicide is never an option and it's a very serious and heavy topic and it's almost scary to talk about but I want you to know that God cares about you too much that you matter too much for it to end that way that is not how your story is going to end I believe that okay reach out we want to help you okay um, but very figuratively I will say a lot of us choose death and what I mean by that is we choose things that don't fulfill us that leave us more empty than fulfilled, that leave us more empty than they do leave us feeling better. So, so we, we encounter depression, and we run into isolation, and then we, we smoke weed to try and help. We take a substance to try and help us out, and it doesn't. It, it leaves you feeling empty, and it leads you further from God. We choose, we choose pornography 
because we we want intimacy we want to feel like we're cared about but at the end of it you kind of feel alone you feel disgusting you feel you feel emptier and worse than you felt before maybe you maybe you're choosing alcohol maybe you're 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 choosing pills or maybe you're choosing all of these things all at the same time and let me tell you friend you're choosing spiritual death when you do that and it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be that way you can choose life you can choose forgiveness can i tell you right now Jairus city is the community of people that peter found Jairus city is the community of people that follow jesus and that will accept you because we know we betrayed jesus too because we know we're not perfect too because we know that we are no better than you i am not better than you i think just because i have the title pastor does not mean i am not human does not mean i don't sin man i sin every week every day i fall short of the glory of god all the time i am not better than you we are one in the same and I will accept you, we will love you, we will care about you, and we will point you to Jesus and say, hey, friend, pick your head up. Look at what God is saying is for you. Friend, pick your head up. Look at what is next for you. There is purpose on the other side of your pain. There is beauty on the other side of this bitterness. There is more for you than what you have experienced up to this point. Your story isn't over. It will not end in death. It will lead to life and forgiveness and purpose and I believe that and I want you to know that Jairus City believes that for you too we've been praying for you it's no accident that you're tuning into this right now it's no accident that you're listening to the sound of my voice right now God is speaking life over you God is using me to to prophetically declare over you that there is more on the other side that there is more on the other side of whatever you're facing God is saying to you today Right now, the deception of depression is over because I have come to lift your head up. Friend, we are here for you. We love you. We care about you. We want what's best for you. We want you to see the beauty on the other side of the pain. There is more. And I want you to know today that you have the option, you have the ability to choose that. There is a savior, the people, the person that we point to, the person that we follow. We want to point you to him. His name is Jesus, and he would have forgiven Judas, and he will forgive you if you choose to accept that forgiveness. If you choose it, choose life. Please, choose life. There is more for you on the other side of it. Life won't be perfect when you accept Jesus, but it will be full of purpose. It will be full of joy. It will be full of a community of people that love you and will walk with you through everything, through all your questions, through all your doubts, through all your moments of pain. We're going to walk with you. You are not going to do this life alone. We're here for you. God is here for you. You can lift your head up. You can look to the future. And if you, if you haven't accepted Jesus today, friend, I want to offer, I want to extend that invitation to you right now. I, I put a number right here in a, little, in a little graphic. I put the number there. You can text, I decide to that number. If you want to enter into a community of people that love and care for you, enter into a community of people that want to do life with you, if you want forgiveness, if you want purpose, if you want life eternal, that's available to you today. 
And I also want you to know, even if you choose not to decide to accept Jesus today, I want you to know we're still going to walk with you. We're still going to care about you. We're still going to love you. You're still family here. You're still accepted here. Just keep coming back. Regardless of whether you accept Jesus or not, you're loved. You're still accepted into this community. You're still cared about here at Jairus City. And we're going to walk with you. Just keep coming back. No one has to, and no one has to, has to live out the same situation Judas lived out. No one has to do that same exact story. Because we're here for you. We want to be a community of people that love on you and care about you. Look, look up. Look to the future. Believe again. Hope again. Change your perception because depression is deceiving you into believing there's nothing on the other side of this for you. And I'm here to declare the truth of God over your life, that there is more. It's not done yet. Your life has so much more beauty to be experienced than you even know. Amen. Pray with me. Father God, Lord, I thank you for these moments we got to spend together. Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would speak to people right now, God. You're working in people's hearts, Lord. Have them keep coming back. Jesus, just put a desire in the heart to keep coming back. They're like, I don't know why I keep coming back to listen to this, to be with this community of people, but I keep coming back. And there's just something about them that makes me want to come back. Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would move hearts, that you would touch people's lives, God. Help us know that there is more on the other side of everything we're facing, that it doesn't end in death, but that it can lead to life and purpose and joy and peace. Lord, we thank you. We love you. In your almighty name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. We hope this week's episode blessed you. And if it did, share with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe and check us out on social media at Gyrocityorl. Have a blessed day and remember, you were made to change the culture.